Welcome to Merrickville. Well, the conversation off air so far between Lawrence Mooney and I has been nothing but disgraceful. It's so, been ripe. Yes. Because this is my this is my last day for a little bit, yep. and uh, I've already got holiday paranoia. You know when it's so close you can sniff it? Yep. I, I, I'm worried about getting arrested. I'm worried about getting injured. It's like, yep. you know, don't punch a cop on the way home. No. Don't no. roll your car. Yep. And you're just you're just going to Thailand to don't to a Ladyboy yeah. Expo. It's a oh, yeah. what? The, oh. the LBE. <laughs> I've been every year for the last seventeen years. Don't you judge me, Liam? Yeah, Liam. It's a trade expo, mate. Yeah. He's going over there because you go. There's people go. It's a trade expo. Maybe you, people are going there to buy one. I don't so think that, that it's don't think that it's something sexual. Ladyboy is a is a brand of pram. Oh, uh, mate. What is his problem? <laughs> Why does he have to do that without? I don't know. Discriminating. Does that mean Lawrence people? is going to try and like re- get reimbursed from Triple M for the for the flights? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's do a trip there. No. Okay. Anyway, we'll get to that. The music's run we'll, out. Okay. When the music's run out, that means we've gone too far or not far enough. We're going to talk about mm. some stuff in this hour. We're going to talk about when your mum Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eric Bill here on Triple M. Uh, Lawrence Mooney's here, and uh, I've actually had to say to him, Lawrence, <laughs> stop Googling that uh, before we open oh up the microphones. God. I know it's incredible, isn't it? We can't share. We can't share what that is, but it's something new to you, which makes... That's... I cannot believe I've managed to show you something filthy without you knowing about it. I didn't know about this, and it's unfair to our friends who are sharing uh, this time with us, but um, I don't know. Well, maybe we'll tell you later in the show. No, to we won't. Video. We right, absolutely won't, we? won't. Okay. <laughs> so we'll talk about this instead. Uh, Matt Canavan, he is the senator who is currently uh, caught up in this section 44 of the Constitution, which doesn't uh, permit members of parliament to be citizens. Uh, they have to be uh, citizens of Australia to be members of parliament. We've seen two Greens go already. And uh, Matt the Canavan. The old dual citizenship. Yeah, mm. he's in trouble. Uh, now, if you don't know who Matt Canavan is, he's a promising eco-vandal. Um, he's really got, he doesn't, he, he really, you know, you look at him, you just go, you know what? You could mm. be the world destroyer of tomorrow if you just set yeah. your mind to it, Matt. Matt really hates renewable energy targets. Hates it. Hates, hates it. it. Loves the idea of a Dadani coal mine. Loves it. Yeah. He, he goes, you know what we should do? We should get a billion dollars to mm. allow India to set up a coal mine in our country that could ruin all of our natural climate and mm. our natural resources, dig up that coal, send it to India where they can burn it and root the whole planet. That's the yeah. plan. Well done, Matty. Good plan. Yeah. Why don't we melt Antarctica so everyone's got a waterfront home? Yeah. He's on it, Matty. He's, he's, look, he's a forward-thinking guy. But, but he's, he's out. He's out of the cabinet, which is a big thing. I he's, literally have never been more excited to hear a politician be in trouble or go than when I heard Matt Canavan, because to me, he's just rotten. I don't like what he stands for. The but. dogs are barking, but the Canavan moves on. <laughs> <laughs> a boom, boom. So he gets in trouble and he goes, he finds out that he's actually caught up in it after probably ridiculing the Greens, who he just hates. Uh, he's found out that he's actually um, an Italian citizen. He's, <laughs> wait for it. Molto bene. Yep, bingo. I mean, the guy, the giveaway was he loved pasta. <laughs> Everyone knew. Everyone, mm. No one was going to say it publicly. I did. I said mm. ages ago, he's a massive fan of pasta. I've seen and, that guy destroy lasagna. I've seen yep. what he's done to a can- cannellini. Bean. He goes home on Friday night, the whole Soprano family around the dinner table. He's a member yep. of a crime family. It's like, how did I know? 
How did I not know? <laughs> yeah, look at the guy. He's constantly eating garlic bread. He was really good at soccer and he wasn't Loved Tim it. Cahill. Yeah, so. no. exactly. Loved it. And had a picture of a Ferrari on his bedroom door. Hello. The moment he just, his leg brushes past something, he just takes a massive dive and starts screaming, holding his <laughs> shit. I <laughs> give away. Classically Italian. Yeah. Uh, anyway. He's, but it wasn't his fault. No, he's blamed his mum. He's oh, blamed mom. his mum. That's what he's Why done. Why did you make me a oh, It wasn't me. It was my mum. His mum, um, apparently. Uh, or his mama. He was, exactly. Mm. Mama mia. <laughs> he's, uh, he was born in Australia. Uh, yep. He's never been to Italy, which is classically Italian. And uh, he said that his mother registered herself and members of her family without his oh. permission uh, as Italian resident abroad, uh, which is a form of citizenship. Uh, when he was 25, his mum just, in 2006, his mum just went and did that for him. I don't think my mum was still doing stuff for me when I was 25. I mean, apart from bathing me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which is cool. Don't, don't mock it. Um, Yeah, your mum can really ruin your life sometimes. Mm. My mum nearly ended my life. What? When I was, when I was born and uh, maybe I needed the judiciary here. Is it because she oh. called you Lawrence? Whoa! Whoa. Wow! Oh, wow! You know, it's, we've given him too much right. That's the we problem. Have. Now it's getting cocky. Yeah, it is. You know, Did it's you drunk, Liam. You know, again, <laughs> is that a is that a goon sack over no, there in the corner? It's a hip flask of Southern. He's from Adelaide. <laughs> he's on the expensive drinks now. Oh, it's down by his treads. Um, <laughs> Okay. Is that is that a shallow grave behind you? <laughs> he is from Adelaide. Hang on a second. <laughs> I thought that was a co-host. That's a barrel. Why is there oh. a barrel in? Okay. So no, how did when your I was born, uh, the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck, and I was starved of oxygen. I was a blue baby when I came out. Me too. Fist bump. Fist, Fist bump. bump blue babies. Hey, well done. This is it great. explains exactly why, why we are the acquired brain We damage. are like twins. <laughs> that explains <laughs> why we say things why with our mouths. problems <laughs> in our heads. Oh, my God. We were starved of oxygen. Like the tiny little the little puppy that comes out two days later. And like it's cross-eyed and he's only walking with three of its legs. <laughs> but he's lovable. Oh. He's lovable. Yeah. He's a lovable puppy, oh, but he play. can't fetch a stick because <laughs> no. he was born with the umbilical cord around his neck. So is that your mum's fault or is that my fault? That, uh, that's right, Liam's can... fault. <laughs> well, I said that's Liam's yeah. fault. I think you can blame your mum. I think okay. you can blame your mum. I want to open up the phones to uh, when is your mum completely effed your S? Uh, no. <laughs> no, let's yeah. not call it that. No, what do we F-ger-S-U. call it? Well, I think we're just looking for stories about oh, come on, when it was your mum's fault. Or come when on, is your mum screwed with your life? Yeah. Yeah. When is your mum just when just in any way? Maybe she's ruined a wedding. Maybe she's ruined your birth. Uh, maybe she's just um, made you a foreign citizen without checking yeah. with you. Maybe she signed you up to ISIS because she thought it was some sort of floral <laughs> arrangement, and you've just gone, "Geez, thanks a lot, yeah. mum." Intentionally or otherwise, and, and yep. if there are mums out there that have done stuff by accident, we absolutely want to hear from them as well. Blame I, stuff on your mum. A mate of mine. Uh, lived in the country and his family jumped in the old valley and came down to Melbourne to go to the home show and they were there for five minutes and uh, his mum said, I've got to go to the toilet, went uh, and then came back and said, we're leaving and she'd done a poo in a display toilet that wasn't plumbed. (laughs) (laughs) We're going, we've got to go. Why? We've got to go. We'll leave and we're going back to the country.
because I've just taken a dump in a toilet that didn't have water There's in no it. There's no point <laughs> taking calls. That can't be top <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I think I might take that Viscount caravan. Oh, oh, no, I don't think I'll take no. that Viscount caravan. <laughs> I think we might leave, we might leave that on the road. One triple three five three. Give us a story about something you could blame your mum for. It could be anything. Maybe your mum went to a display home. <laughs> Dropped the kids off but took you home. Join this afternoon by Lawrence Mooney here. Uh, just, just no one would live if you heard the conversations that we have off air. They're just, like, they're shameful. Put your phone away, Lawrence. <laughs> I'm, I'm not looking at anything. I told I'm you to Google something. concentrating on my job on the radio. I told you to Google something. I said, do it after the show. Otherwise, we'll never get through to the news. Mm. And what has happened? You went and Googled it, and now you know how they make artificial things in Okay, prison. we're talking okay, about when your mum has made your life hard because yep. Matt Canavan, the yeah, senator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's had to he's had to have a big hard look at himself after his mum made him Italian uh, without <laughs> asking his permission. He's never even been there. How funny is that? Uh, and he's an What adult. did you say, Liam? We were taking calls about when your mum made what hard? <laughs> what? Your made life. Hard? You your said life. made it hard for you. Oh, right. Life. When it made it hard yeah. for you. Yeah. 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 Oh, like, you. like when your Has your mum ever made it hard for you? <laughs> 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 okay, okay. Being pointed at, I've been pointed at by people no. in another Okay, Darren in Penrith. Hello, Darren. Yeah, not too bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. I think could be in trouble, but pretty good otherwise. All right, when has your mum absolutely ruined things for you? You might remember about thirty years ago the Jolly Frog pub at Windsor. Right, yep. She ran the bistro there, and uh, she got me to light the oven one night, but she neglected to tell me that she turned the gas on two or three minutes earlier. No! Blew the side of my face off. Jeez! What? <laughs> For the best part, one of the band members that was in the band that night took me to Windsor Hospital because uh, she still had to cook the meals. Oh, right. So what? you've got half your face is hanging off the Bane Marie, and your <laughs> mum's still flicking burgers in the kitchen. Pretty much. Uh, okay, so she's just turned around and said, oh, sorry, can somebody just take Freddy Krueger uh, to hospital? I'm just going to knock up a palmy. Thank you, Darren. We've got a, we've got a heap of calls we're going to get through. I've uh, got uh, Scotty in Hoxton Park. Hello, mate. G'day, boys. How are we going? Yeah, very good indeed. All right, when did your mum ruin things? Mate, I was a little whippersnapper down the coast. Uh, come whipping around the, um, around the patio, up the driveway. Mum fell's in. Probably had a bad day at, at the office. Hit me right with the old uh, Steel Valiant, right in the chin. Oh! Ran right over me. Oh! Ran you over. Hit. Did you yeah, hit? no, I was, un- I was under the car. I was only about six. So I was only a little tyke. And, uh, mate, I was lucky my auntie uncle there. They were nurses, I think, at the stage. And, uh, no, I was had a sore jaw for a couple of weeks. But uh, Mate, the, no, old, the uh, old Chrysler fist bump right like, in the face. I call that yeah, a no, hit and mum. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So I've, I've had a... I've had a bit of a twitch for the last 40 years, but uh, apart from that, everything's been okay. Well, welcome, welcome to the Acquired Brain Damage Club. Lawrence <laughs> and I started very early. But our welcome. mums tried to choke us to death at birth with their own umbilical cords. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, it clearly makes for um, funny people, so well done. Let's get to Brendan uh, in Quakers Hill. Hello, Brendan. Brendo. good. How you going, boys? Very good indeed, mate. All right, when has your mum ruined things? Uh, so I had a conversation with my mum about a secret that I was going to sing at my uh, wife's uh, at our wedding 
Yep. And um, two days later, she called me and I was on hands free and said, uh, so what song are you singing again? Oh. I said, you've got to be kidding me. She's blown the secret. <laughs> blown it. I'd what was it. the song? Uh, it was Jason Mraz, I'm Yours. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a secret best blind, though, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I think your mum. You could also call back tomorrow for when we do. When is your mum saved your marriage by not letting you sing a Jason Mraz song? I still sung it. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's like, you know what that is, Brendan? That's your mum and other people just giving you a subtle hint not to sing that song, and and you've just gone, nah, no. No, uh, you do your own way, Brandon. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna mraz this one to death. Mm. I'm gonna give them a bit of old mrazzle dazzle. Okay, uh, time for one more. In Glenwood. Hello, mate. G'day, how you going? Very good indeed. When did your mum ruin things? Mate, uh, my mum decided that the job that I was currently working was better than the job offer that I had coming through, so decided not to tell me that Porsche had offered me a start. So I was working for a reputable car company. I'd have been there for a couple of weeks. You know, you start a job, you fly a lot of places. Got the job with Porsche. She decided to delete it off the answering machine. Oh, so, what? Oh. Well, so a couple of years later. Uh, we She's pure evil. To, oh, mate, I, I wasn't too happy when I found out two years later. I didn't know for two years, though. But uh, then she decided to tell me after a couple of drinks at a wedding and uh, that uh, she deleted off the answering machine, so on and so forth. And, uh, mate, it was probably her that took it harsher than I did. I was like, oh, well, I've... Things have worked out. I can't complain. But uh, every now and then I bring it up every couple of years and she bursts into tears. <laughs> so over the other way, a little bit of an emotional blackmail thing. So if I need something, I can go, hey, you remember that time you deleted that off the answering machine? Mm. Yeah, look, I need five grand. No, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but uh, yeah. <laughs> what, car do you, what car do you currently drive around in, Phil? Uh, well, mate, I'm I'm working for uh, Grace from Herbals these days in an Isuzu, so it could have been a little bit different. <laughs> You're driving around an Isuzu. Sorry, did you say an Isuzu? <laughs> you did. I did indeed. So, I did so indeed. hang on. I, I can understand now why your mother wanted to prevent you from driving a Porsche. <laughs> Isuzu's are good cars. Oh, yeah. Your hey, mum's done the right thing, Phil. Yeah. Zero to three. Zero to 100 in three days. <laughs> Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. G'day, Mark Howard here. A year ago, I started the Howie Games podcast, which has given me a fantastic opportunity to chat with some of the biggest names in world sport. The Howie Games deals with the great times, but also discusses the tough times. And in the hope of helping others, AFL star Brendan Favola opened up about his gambling problem. I started with this book, he had two grand start of the day, and by the end of the day, I'd won 360 grand. By the You're end of the day. freaking kidding me. So I won 360, I was on fire. I couldn't miss. And I was hitting, about two in the morning, we were betting at Hong Kong. On horses? And I'd had a few, on horses, yeah. I'd had a few drinks. So two grand into 365 360, grand. I think it's 365 or $8,000 I won. And then... Now, hang on, wait, because I... Because I sold Alex. Oh, go on, go on, go on. That I've won, won all this money, so we try to get it out the next day with a bookie, but you're not allowed to get it out to the Monday, and this is obviously a Thursday now. So I had to wait till Monday. And, you know, when you're a gambler, you want to bet it. So by Sunday, I was 20 down. I'd lost it all. And 20 down. Then Alex left. So that's it. I'm out. You can listen to the Howie Games at podcastone.com.au or via the Podcast One app. The fifth annual Sydney Camel Racing Carnival just wrapped up today in uh, Bankstown Paceway. And uh, which camel won? Uh, I, I think the Spitty won. 
I think the, right. the, 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 the stinky spitty one, and certainly not the one that uh, Bear Grylls wore as a doona. Right. Uh, that one that one didn't win. I don't know if you saw that. So um, there would have been, I suppose if you're going to have a camel races, there's going to be a lot of camel toes out there. Heaps. Heaps of camel well toes. Done. Well done. On the Thank track you. and off the track, I'd imagine. You got any more? In the, 80s, in the 80s, you couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> you wouldn't know where to begin. There's a there's a hump joke coming. I'm waiting for Whoa, it. But yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. blow the jokes early, mate. Well, what have we told you about blowing jokes? Don't. Don't do it. Not early anyway. So Alan McDonald is one of the organisers behind the event, and he joins us on the line now. G'day, Alan. How are you? Hey, guys. How good? Very good. Thank you. How are you going there? Good, mate. How did the uh, the annual Sydney Camel Racing Carnival go? Who won? Yeah. Uh, look, uh, you know, there was a different camel uh, at each race that won and uh, you know at the moment it's a social camel event so uh, we're gearing towards live betting where the TAB will be obviously opened up for everybody but at the moment it's uh, developing on a social level so uh, there's fun betting and uh, each race I think uh, you know there's a different camel that tends to win but um, mm. yeah out of the six camels it's uh, it's usually uh, you know camel two or camel toe let's say so <laughs> that's the name yeah. of the camel now, <laughs> camel two uh... is camel toe that's its name yeah We'll do the jokes, Alan. Um, <laughs> now, does it does it all come to a, a massive you know climax on a Wednesday because it's Hump Day? Oh, well done, that was well played. Well, well look, you know it's Humpy Hump Day because it's actually Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, so it just happens right. to you know Wednesday just ha- it's a three day. So event hang on, that, so it's a uh, it's a double hump, so that makes it a, a Bactrian day. So that's a bit of a camel joke for anybody who wants to. Yeah, unfortunately, Loz no? took the obvious ones and yeah. you had to go highbrow. Uh, well, Adromedary's uh, one hump and I think Bactrian's two. Is, okay. that, correct? is that correct, Alan? Uh, 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 absolutely, you're right. Yeah. And what does three mean? Humpity hump hump. Yeah, I think you need think a prostate to... exam is what it means, mate. Uh, absolutely. If you've got, if you've got now, three lumps. You have to put it down. I was, reading, I was reading fun facts about camel racing, Alan, and it, uh, it appears that m- m- the majority of jockeys are women. What, what's the story there? Yeah, well, um, you know, the women, um, well, not in all cases, but most women are smaller and they're lighter. So, obviously, the smaller the, um, uh, the, the camel air, as they call them, um, obviously, the faster the camel can go. So, um, you know, the women seem to be lighter and more, you know, just petite. And if you can get the petite, the smaller the jockeys here, obviously, that's the way they, they go faster. So, uh, it probably has a lot to do with that or there's something else going on that we don't know about. So, Alan, what about the, you know, the fact that you know, you're racing camels? Uh, what about the fact that they're stupid and shit? I mean, is that, a, is that a consideration that you guys think about when you're racing them? Well, absolutely. well that, that's a good question because the, in order for a camel to race, what you, you confuse them. You, you, you set up their camp at the opposite end of where you're taken, so they run home. So that's the actual concept. So, so that's like, like, a, like a greyhound. You've got to have a lure. Absolutely. So it's uh, almost like a cat that gets a fright and it just takes off. So sometimes you don't know what they're doing and they get a mind of their own and they're off at centre field for some reason. It's like, where are you off to? Fair enough. So it's like Lawrence after running, a big night. Home. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a fun fun event and it's, uh, it's funny to watch because it's unpredictable. So uh, it's what, you know, becomes so, you know, unpredictable and you don't know what's going to happen one uh, race to the next, of course. Is it like the you know the spring racing carnival or other racing carnivals? Is it lots of you know hats and glitter and 
the cops are coming, Alan, so flush it down the dunny, whatever <laughs> it is. Absolutely. Uh, they are. Um, uh, uh, Alan, have you done something to a camel? Have you done something to a camel that we need to know about during this interview? Because the coppers have rolled up, and I've got a bad feeling. You've got a Kiwi accent. I'm putting a couple of things together here, and I'm extrapolating, but the cops have arrived, Alan. Mate, Alan, are you still there? Or are you arrested? I'm, I'm absolutely. I'm here. I'm, I'm hiding at the moment, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't let them know I'm here. Uh, listen, Alan. I think it's a great thing that you're doing. I'm, I'm really interested in seeing Camel's uh, race because I think it's, it's funny when you see they them. Look funny. They do. They do look funny. <laughs> they look funny. They look funny. They do. And they, they do 65 kilometres an hour, Loz. That's a, that's a pretty good clip mm. for a stupid, that's dumb like animal. That's like an Isuzu. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I suppose we can all run faster than what we think if we're, we're frightened or we're trying to get there. And that's the thing. They're getting home as quickly as they can. However, interesting, we had the Batmobile in yesterday and the camel took on the Batmobile. So that was uh, an interesting, uh, interesting race. And uh, the Batmobile just won, but... You know, there's camels out there that, that can exceed those speeds, and, um, you know, that's what will make it interesting. If we get the uh, live betting, serious camel racing happening, the camels can, right. okay. can uh, Alan, be eight off the mark. So. Alan, Alan, last question, and it's rhetorical. How munted was the guy who came up with the idea who said, <laughs> we should get the, the camels to race the back car? I mean, where the... Where's that come from? Where's that come from? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I've, well, I've like, seen Dark Knight Rises, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's yeah, not in look, it. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, uh, gimmickry is what, you know, obviously attracts publicity. So if yeah. uh, people go, what the yeah. hell is I mean, that? I mean, why get it to, seen that. Why get it to yeah. race another animal when you could get it to race a fictional vehicle? Well done, Alan. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, but uh, congratulations to you and to all involved in the Sydney Camel Racing Carnival. Uh, looking forward to going to it next year. And... Um, yeah, we'll be ambassadors. That. Though, of course, it will be racing one of the members of Tron next year. <laughs> A girl I like to call our new Chappelle, Cocaine Cassie, um, who has just picked up where Chappelle left mm. off because we're all like, oh, we don't even have a bogan in an overseas prison for drugs anymore. This cocaine is a- Cassie. Bang. Fills Won't the you void. slow your cocaine down. She's, uh, she's. Stop singing. No, no, that's good. It's good singing. Good. She- cocaine Cassie, now, baby. In a great. <laughs> Weird Al okay, is coming out stop, for that. Stop yeah. it now, though. Okay. Um, in, a, in a really crazy twist of irony, uh, Cocaine Cassie has cut a deal, um, a plea deal with prosecutors nice. to reduce her sentence, which would have been over 20 years for trafficking um, cocaine. She's got mm. it down to a six-year jail term. Here's somebody of an unknown origin talking. I think it's her lawyer. Cassandra and her defense have agreed to have this sentence, which it means that she will get a 72 months in prison, which is six years, and a fine of 450 monthly wages. Well, like you said, Mez, uh, she's cut a deal because uh, she has been racking up offences. Well done. Mm. And uh, some of the prosecutors were just snorting at the oh. suggestion mm. that she should get less time. Absolutely. Uh, and so she wants to do a new deal. Mm-hmm. She's really mm. bagged herself a deal. Oh, there. hasn't she? What? <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, it was going to blow up in her <laughs> face. Nah, but, mm. you know. but now she's just starting to crystallise the whole yeah. scenario. Yeah. To be honest, the original verdict was a bit on the nose. Um <laughs> And they did try to they did, they did try to sniff out a better option, and yeah. they've managed yeah. to do that. But the whole experience has been left a numb, mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, just just rubbing your teeth <laughs> and, and and Bondi. 
I don't know why. Just <laughs> if, we're, if we're talking mm. about cocaine, we should mention Bondi. I don't want them to mm. feel left out. <laughs> just, um, and to, to compare, <laughs> hang on. Okay, and well, she loves NRL. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While you guys think of more, and then and no, hang on, <laughs> and then and then in came a Roosters player. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. Couple of, this seems to make sense. Firstly, from that grab, 72 months sounds much nicer than six years. I know yeah. it's the same time, frame, but it sounds... Particularly, particularly when you're lawyers from South Africa, I just guess she's decided to cut the deal and she's going to mm. do 72 months. I've just come all the way from Joburg <laughs> to represent her. Uh, interesting. Here's the thing, right? She was going to do 22 years. She's got six years. She was offered another deal, which was uh, six years in Colombia. Um, or 12 years in Adelaide. She took the deal. She's not going to return to Adelaide. She's going to stay in prison in Bogota. The the authorities in Bogota have said they have now admitted they were alerted to her case Mm. because uh, they opened her passport and her name's Cocaine Cassie. (laughs) Hold on a minute. There's something wrong here. Miguel, Miguel, I want a second opinion on this. I want a second opinion. Do you reckon this name looks? <laughs> Is your name Cocaine Cassie? It's like, yeah, that's that's me. That's me. What do Why you do? You... What do you do, Cassie? I am a headphones entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. That's like a bullshit job. <laughs> what song do they play? Uh, well, there's Joe, JJ Kale's Cocaine. Have you heard that one? <laughs> Uh, yeah. I think that's yeah. probably enough uh, of Lawrence it... and you almost getting us in trouble with the lawyers for just one really, night. Just really quickly, all right. If you were in uh, Colombia, right, and mm, Colombia, Colombia, and you know their reputation for loving people who inform on trafficking rings. Is this Judge Merrick yeah. here presenting yeah. to? Okay, yeah. Okay. Oh, good. Do, do you take the deal there, Loz, where they say, okay, you tell us about? All of the trafficking rings that you know about mm. here in Colombia, you know, the place where they have a reputation for dismembering people for not doing what they're asked. They shot their own soccer team. <laughs> yeah. They um, shot their soccer team. Yeah. So, you know, what they would they would love people that would inform on criminals. Yeah. So what can you tell us about, like, the cartel? I can tell you everything. Okay. Mm. Good, you tell us that because then we'll just, you'll just get six years in a prison, which of course is always a safe place anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got a bunch of sound effects. I really no, want to and they're use, all so. working. Yeah. They are all working. <laughs> Follow your instincts, son. You're doing great there. Uh, I certainly anyway. didn't have the foresight to plan those. You know, if you are thinking about probably going to prison, there's some how-to videos to mm. make your stay mm. a little bit more enjoyable. <laughs> what do you reckon's more dangerous, right? What do you reckon is more dangerous? In, 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 informing on a drug cartel yep. in the country of origin, being mm. Colombia, informing on a Catholic priest, or informing on a drug cartel in Colombia? I've given you three uh, options, two of them yeah. are the same. I reckon I'd, I would not say a word and just try and live out my 30 years mm-hmm. rather than get killed within six. Okay, so mm. that's the Catholic priest mm. part. What about the drugs? <laughs> you got no chance informing in Colombia. Let's no. say goodbye to Lawrence before. Like, the only thing you guys could have done to make that break more risky for us was to bring up. Why? The Catholic. No! 
I did not mention a name oh, of no, anybody. Do not do that. <laughs> say goodbye I do not Lawrence. do that. Lawrence, we've got to go either. before I get in real go. proper, real, real trouble. Hey, mate, I'm have going. a great trip. We're going to see you. Uh, you're going away to Malta for a couple of weeks to, mm, of course, answer Thailand. those charges. Answer those yeah. charges. <laughs> and, then you're, and then you're straight back here. Hey, can you bring us back some headphones? Take the yeah. plea deal if you get offered it, Lawrence. Yeah, anyway, uh, Marijuana Larry out. <laughs> here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Adam McDougall is the health hacker. Health hacking is simply hacking into the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world and applying these little tricks and routines into your own life. I'm a health hacker because I've been a professional athlete for 20 years, but I've also combined my experience as an athlete with my university studies, from economics to nutrition and sports science, with the practical application that I achieved as an athlete to help people hack into their health. In each episode, I'm going to share with you the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world. You can hack into your own health and live a happier and healthier life. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Look, we all know that sometimes there's that, you hear that saying, oh, you had just one job. And mm. then somebody hasn't done it right. Yeah. There was that bloke who turned Telstra off, cut the wrong wire and turned, stuffed up the whole Telstra network last Cost year. Cost millions yeah. of dollars. Millions of dollars. That was a bad day for him. Yeah. And look, everybody has a bad day at work sometimes and you might've had just one thing to do and you didn't quite nail it and get it right. Well, here's the thing. There was a sailor on board a US Navy destroyer. Now, of course, America has got this new Aegis um, interceptor um, targeting system, which is very contentious for China and uh, North Korea. Because uh, basically, it's a guided missile that can shoot down other missiles, including mm. ICBMs, right? Now, this thing is worth a bit of money. Um, it's worth $100 million to test one of these. $100 million US dollars. And the guy who was in charge of one of the crew members of the USS John Paul Jones, of course, named after one of the members of the band Kiss. Oh. Um, was he the drummer in... Led Zeppelin. Anyway, it was named after <laughs> John Paul Jones. That was named Weird. after a pope. Yeah, was it John Paul Jones? <laughs> I mean, seriously, they got one called the Ronnie Reagan. How are you supposed to take that one seriously? I mean, I know it's kill death, kill kill, but seriously, I'm not scared by one's called Ronnie Reagan. Anyway, what about the Carl Vincent? Okay, like, like guys. Yeah, we're just naming shit. I oh, know, but it just sounds like a guy's going to sell you a car. Who sold you the car? Carl Vincent. Oh yeah, did a good deal. Yeah, Carl's good man. Sounds like a butcher. <laughs> Carl, what do you got? I've got lamb chops. Oh, yeah? How much are they? $33 a kilo. Oh, Carl Vincent. That's expensive. <laughs> so this guy on, on the USS John Paul Jones, this one bloke, his job was to monitor the interceptor missile that cost $100 million. And as before it hit the test, because they had the test missile, they put it up in the air. This is off the coast of Hawaii. Set off the, uh, the Aegis missile. The SN3 follows it, tracks it. It's just about to hit it, right? Mm. And this is going to prove to America, to the Navy, but largely to the international community, mm. America has missiles that can shoot down your missiles, right? This is a big thing. Yeah. It's like, take note, Korea. Just show us strength. Take note, China. Put anything in the air. We're going to knock it out with mm. one of these ones. And let's just call him Troy, because I bet <laughs> you it was his name. Troy is hovering <laughs> over the self-destruct button. He's panicked. He thought one of the missiles was one of their own, panicked, and self-destructed the $100 million missile before it reached its target. 
The whole exercise he's has cost $100 up. million dollars and he's just going, ah! and pressed the <laughs> button, pressed the wrong button. He oh. pressed the self-destruct button and it blew up mid-air, test fail. Everyone's watching, Troy. We told everybody, <laughs> we sent out an email, group all, North Korea, check this shit out. And Troy just goes, ah! pressed the wrong button. He was CC. He was, his excuse was, oh, I was CC'd in. I never read emails. I'm CC'd in on. Oh, yeah. If it's not paying. sent directly to me. Troy, were you on Facebook during that missile launch? <laughs> I, I did have a, a, a quick check. I want to open up the phones. One triple three five three. When did you push the wrong button? Because there's two of us in the studio at the moment, Mez. Yes. And 50% of us have done it. Yes. And, and I know for a fact that my... It's not me. No. And I know for a good fact, for, for a fact that my good friend, uh, Jules Schiller, who will be with many of you, he works on Drive in Adelaide on the ABC. He's doing this exact topic today. He told mm. me, he sent me a message saying, he's doing the, when have you pressed the wrong button? And he said to me, I'm going to use that audio of you when you're on Triple J and you turned off a radio station. Oh, you mean this audio? Do you remember last year, um, there's a switch in the studio that we normally use upstairs. It says, do not turn off. There's another one in this studio. See if you can go and have a go. There's one in here. Yeah, go and have a go. See if you can go over there and turn it off. See whether you can turn it off. One, I'll, shut, I'll shut it off. One, two, three. Oh. <laughs> did I shut down the radio station? <laughs> we are, shut it off? I was joking. What the hell did you just do? It just told me to shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> I just shut off the radio station. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was serious. I thought he meant the lights. Oh, I can sympathise with your producer who's the female voice you can hear in that audio. Jen Aldershaw. Because the amount of times I've wanted to call you what she called you, uh, it was and, awesome. Yeah. And of course, the funny thing was, that's audio that was taken from the day. We thought that, that the whole, I shut down the radio station. We didn't realize that it had locked the microphones. That was all going out live right around the country. <laughs> so everyone could hear them. And I was the only person who didn't swear. <laughs> I mean, sure, I destroyed a radio station, but I didn't swear. But on the you ups- can literally hear the power go. Can you yeah, hear the power coming the back up? Goes, and then he goes, no, he goes, boo. When all the computer screens came up, it, it was a good day at work. So Not you a bad day you at work. can sympathise with Troy, the US Navy 100%. officer who um, destroyed a hundred million missile 100%. test. If but anything, I'm envious. If anything, I'm envious. Yeah, because the ABC ABC doesn't have that sort of budget. You should see what I'm going to do to Triple M and I'll leave. Oh my god, <laughs> epic is the term to use. One triple three five three. The phone's already lit up. Give us a call. When did you push the wrong button? We all have those days where you accidentally press the wrong button. I mean, that's the reason why in 20 years of radio, I'm still not even allowed to have a phone. I'm still not ever. You know, I don't want to break the curtain here for everybody, but the uh, I, the only thing I'm allowed to have is the television remote. Yeah, but and it, it's you, not even to the television that's in the studio. Yeah, just put it down because you might turn the volume up and then I have to come around the other side of the fix desk. It, and, fix yeah, it. so just. So I'm, I'm not very good with buttons, as you might have heard a moment ago. I uh, turned off Triple J once. Didn't even mean to. Well, I did actually mean to, so that's how much of a moron I am. But not as bad as Troy, who works on the USS John Paul Jones. He had one job, which was to not blow up a $100 million missile. He forgot that one job and blew it up by pressing the wrong button. Taking your calls, when did you push the wrong button? And we've got Cameron. Hello, Cam. G'day, guys. How's it going? Very good indeed, mate. When did you accidentally press the wrong button? Mate, I I worked at Channel 9 years ago and in the lighting department, and uh, we were doing the Today Show one day, and I'd been out. I'd had a pretty massive night the night before. Quite often doing that show, we used to come straight in from the night out. Mate, I know that for for a fact, Cameron. I was in there this morning doing a bit for the Today Show, and everybody on that floor, including Lisa, they're all munted. That includes Carla. Yeah, Carla. Oh, Carla? (laughs) Mate, if I see Carl Sober, I wouldn't recognise him. (laughs) 
This is all, of course, just joking. Yes. Yeah, well, this was back in the days of uh, Steve and Liz. Oh, yeah, Steve and Liz Hayes Le- in the glory days and yep. Monty Dwyer. And, uh, yep. and we had a, a little director there, a guy called Mark. I won't say his surname. He was a lovely bloke, but he could be a little cranky. And um, anyway, I was doing the lighting and uh, and he said, all right, get ready for Monty's weather. And I just pushed the wrong button and uh, put the whole studio to black nationally across <laughs> Australia. And uh, I didn't really realise what had happened. And then... I could just see this man in the corner of the room yelling at me, and I thought, oh, I wonder what's going on. And then we brought the lights back up as Richard Wilkins said, oh, we mustn't have paid the power bill, and being the professional that he is. He oh, he's good, isn't he? Oh, he's good, good, isn't he? Wow. He's amazing. <laughs> the funny thing is, even in pitch black, he can still see his hair. That's what's incredible. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one thing you can rely on, because it actually refracts light from the sun. <laughs> Even indoors. Cameron, that's great. That's made me feel good because you, like myself, have made a boo-boo with a button on a national level broadcast. Cameron's now unemployed though, mate. So. Okay. Well, there's a job for him on the USS uh, John Paul Jones <laughs> if he wants it. Uh, Phil in Kellyville. Hello, Phil. Hey, guys. How you doing? Very good, good indeed, mate. All right. Have you pressed the wrong button? Oh, absolutely. Working for a transport company earlier on, we used to be pretty jovial and play jokes on each other and all that sort of stuff. So... I gotten into this truck of this guy that was pretty funny and joked with us and all that, and pushed every button like turned his stereo up, turned his heater on in 35 degree heat, mm. and I kept pushing this button on his key ring and it wasn't doing anything in the cab. But the next morning when I come into work, I just thought I'd gotten away with it. It was actually a back to station panic button in case he was getting robbed because we did computers, <laughs> and he had not even made it out onto his first delivery before. He got pulled over by four cop cars and face in the dirt, totally arrested and had to explain that it was his truck and everything. Oh, oh fantastic. See, the thing is, Phil, it's great to hear so many blokes talking about pushing the wrong button because we're so commonly accused, mainly by women, of not being able to find the right button. <laughs> There's a new book out in all good bookstores, and probably a couple of crappy ones as well. Uh, it's called Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. It's a questionable history of some great Australians written by Pen, Ben Pobgy, who's my guest now in the studio. Welcome to the studios, Ben. Thank you so much. Mate, hilarious. Just, I've got to interrupt there. What? We were just practicing Ben's surname off here, Pobgy, Pobgy, and you stuffed Pobgy. up his first name. I knew yeah. I'd do that. <laughs> I got Pobgy right. Yeah, you nailed Pobgy. It's not bad, though, Pen, but that's Pen, like, Pen it's very apt. Pen Bobgy, Pen Pen Bobgy sounds like yeah. something you have to do in prison. Um, okay, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about Ben's book. Look, any way I can get into Urban Dictionary is fine with me. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> mate. Your book is about Australians. Uh, you've written a book before about a, a kind of a, a bit of a take era Australis yep. on uh, Australian history, and I'm a big fan of Australian history. More mm-hmm. recently, I've been reading a lot of uh, books on Australian history because it, it's it's always good to know about. But this is a kind of a really funny take on some of the big identities and personalities yep. in Australia. Uh, that most people would be familiar with. And basically, is it fair to say that you've um, taken history, because it's reasonably accurate, but you've just made it very, very funny, very, very entertaining? That's that's very fair to say. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) No, it's like, um, yeah, I... um, like the, the idea, when I did Era Australis, which was just basically the whole history of Australia from start to finish, um, I approached it as a recap of a TV show. Yep. So I just riffed on the story of Australia the way I would on an episode of MasterChef or The Bachelor. Uh, And this is kind of the same. I've done it with, um, you know, the life stories of of 26 great Australians. 
it's very difficult to to explain to people listening, you know, why a book is funny without reading it and and uh, give them a sense of it. But I'll just well, I'll just pick out one of the characters, Harold Holt, of course, the former Australian Prime Minister who famously yep. went um, missing um, for a swim yep. um, at Portsy in the late '60s. And one of the um, hypotheses that you've uh, you've delivered here is that maybe he just went for a walk in the ocean and then set up an underground um, government in a in a bubble there. Yeah, and he's not, he, he didn't actually die. He became the emperor of the deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because uh, look, my approach to history is basically if you can't prove that it didn't happen. Let's just oh, say exactly. that it did. Well, that's the thing. Uh, Harold Holt went into the sea. He was under pressure at the time. He wasn't enjoying himself. Uh, and he just, he went for a swim and he found something better. Yeah. And I think we all, we all pray for that. Yeah. We can all see. An aquatic wisdom. life. We can, yeah. we, we all have dreams under about being sea. able to breathe under the water. And obviously yeah. he's given it a crack. We've all seen bed knobs and broomsticks, which is partially inspired by Harold Holt's life. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> And you also point out that he, he may have been, well, not, not may have, you've just stated this fact that he was having an affair with his neighbour because he took his neighbour to the beach. I didn't know that. Oh, he absolutely was. Yeah. Oh, no. His he wife was, wasn't there. His wife wasn't there, but his girlfriend was. He took his neighbour. Yeah. <laughs> As you do, you just go, oh, you're Imagine... neighbour. I, I was thinking, wife, you stay at home. Um, I'm just going to take our neighbour, who's a female, to the beach. Yeah. It was a different time. You yeah. like to imagine if, what would happen if Malcolm Turnbull did that. Oh. Just took just took some random woman to the beach nobody, without Lucy there. Nobody puts Lucy in the corner. No, that's not that's not <laughs> what happens. Mate, there's uh, I haven't read it yet. I've read uh, several chapters in your book. You've gotten I've, you've you've done quite well actually because I know uh, I I don't even, I haven't even got my copy yet. So mate, it's a very funny book. <laughs> Genuinely, I, I recommend this highly. I think it's a very, very funny look. Thank you very much. That's Australian what I was history. going for, absolutely. Yeah, good. Because uh, if not, mate, geez, you lucked out. That yeah. was a cracker of an edit. <laughs> if you were trying to write some history and you've made it that funny, Jesus. I, I was alerted to the fact that it was funny, and so I've completely pivoted on the marketing here. <laughs> mate, um, I want to ask you about Errol Flynn. Uh, what do you yeah. write about? Because I haven't read it yet. What do you? Because there's a picture that you've got in his book, and I think this is where Triple M listeners might go, oh, okay, this is maybe a book I can mm. read. You've got a picture of Errol Flynn, and it says, Errol Flynn, pictured here thinking about vaginas. I think the thing about <laughs> Errol Flynn was People that- People just rushed to bookstores. Was that there is no picture of him not thinking about vaginas. <laughs> Because there wasn't a moment in his life. Like, like you can watch The Adventures of Robin Hood. Yeah. And it's two hours of watching a man thinking about vaginas. Yeah. And it's, it's to his credit that he actually managed to act and sword fight and stuff whilst yep. doing that. But Mate, that's what his mind was on trust constantly. Me, that bloke, his, mind, his hand was always on a sword. Okay. <laughs> on set or not. Mate, let's, seriously. Let's take a quick song. Everyone knows he's a wicked swordsman. Errol Flynn. In like Flynn, in that's like where you Flynn. get the ex- that's expression that's from. Where it comes from. In like Flynn, it's a wicked swordsman. What do you want to do? Take <laughs> a break, come yeah, back, talk a bit, and we'll have a discussion about what keep... language we can use and not use on air. <laughs> yeah, okay. Ben Pobji's with him this afternoon, talking about his book Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Joined this afternoon by author Pen Ben. <laughs> you did it again. <laughs> this is this this is becoming a thing. Ben Pobji. Yeah, that's this, is, no, how, that's, this that's, is how I ended up with the surname Pobji in the first place. Is my ancestors not being able to say their own name properly? And I can't say Ben. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm here with Ben. Ben's written a book called Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. It's a questionable history of the great Australians. Now, a lot of it is based in fact. You know, you do actually. You've done some research. I've read yeah. several of the chapters. Uh, there's some very funny stuff about Mary McKillop and being a nun. That is a very funny chapter. The one Thank with you. Mary McKillop. But, well, uh, it's, it's easy. Australia's, Mary McKillop's inherently funny. But, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she was a nun yeah. and a dead one. Yeah. What's not funny about that? 
Her anyway, career really took off after she died too. She did massive career high. A uh, hundred years after she died, yeah, that's her career high. Um, and we're just talking before about Errol Flynn. You know, you find these Australians that we we know something about, and then you kind of you know. Uh, you postulate or, or you, you romanticize different versions of it and you talk about it, but you, you do have fact mixed in there and it's, yeah. it's very, very funny. I assure you, it's, like I said, it's very difficult for me to tell people how funny it is without reading it. Uh, but talking about Errol Flynn, now I heard a rumor, I've heard two stories about Errol Flynn. I don't know if you've heard this because I haven't read that chapter, uh, that number one, he killed a man in Port Moresby. And that's when he went to Hollywood after killing a man in a bar fight in Port Moors because yeah. the man uh, made overtones that he was a homosexual. So he killed him and went to um, Hollywood where he had sex with men to prove that he wasn't. <laughs> Jesus. That is a rumor I would place under dubious, but definitely possible. Right. Uh, uh, he, what, what is true is that in, uh, he was doing uh, amateur theater in, uh, in England. He was in repertory theater and he had to uh, leave the theater company because he threw a threw a woman down the stairs. Oh. And and he went to Hollywood after that. Jesus. Um wow. I guess okay. to get into an environment where, you know, okay, I probably should have read that. People were told that is not that's not that's, that's, that's not definitely good. true. The Port Moresby, I mean, he was in Port Moresby for a yeah. while, so yeah. it's, it's certainly possible. I also heard another story, right? This is oh. and I don't know whether or not this is true, but this is what I heard that uh, when he was a kid growing up in Tasmania, he didn't have a father. He was a very very good fighter, particularly good boxer, very mm. handy boxer. Yep. Um, and that on his farm, uh, on his mother's farm, they had some ducks and he went to go and feed them some um, scraps and he gave them a little piece of pork fat and one of the ducks ate it. Now, ducks, of course, don't ingest fat. They don't eat it yeah. as part of their diet and they pass it through their stomach, which is, you know, um, just lineal, passed it through very quickly. He knows that it's pooped out the, the pork fat very, very quickly. And he came across the idea that why don't I tie a piece of string <laughs> To the pork fat, feed it to a duck. The duck pooped it out almost straight away. Another duck ate it before he knew it. His mum's come home on the clothesline is four no. ducks. Arsehole to breakfast. So you're saying he invented, it was a not the human centipede. Yeah. It was a duck centipede. The, the ducky centipede. Who's which telling could be you these rumours? I, 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 I made that up, but it sounds great, doesn't it? I feel like you made it up with an enormous facility, like very... That came naturally to you. <laughs> no, it's, it's and I've got to think that happened to someone in your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had a farm in Tasmania when I was a boy. My dad, my dad said, no. My dad told me that story when I was a young bloke. And, I, and I, he just said, he goes, he heard that story, right? Yeah. And so, I, I, and he he said, I think it's a myth. Story but time at the Watts house was Man, a little bit different. That's that's what we used to do. We used to sit around as a family, Ben, and yeah. everyone would say, who's got a story about Pork fat traveling through an animal's intestines. And and was it like a game? Did you win something if you did? Yeah, you. Because when I was food, when, we got a piece of pork fat. When when I was little, we we tried to avoid talking to each other as much as possible. Right, I could. We just kept our eyes on the TV. Okay, let's get back to some of the other characters. We've what? got we got to go, Miss. Oh, are we running it. Yeah, your 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 pork fat duck story has ruined your final opportunity <laughs> to plug Ben's book. Just very quickly, favourite character to talk about in your book, Australian, one of the Australian icons uh, in the book? Annette Kellerman, the Million Dollar Mermaid, who was the first woman to do a nude scene in a major Hollywood film. Yes, I'm familiar with her. Well, Stop I'm thinking about it. You've got, we've got to go. Okay, We're out of time. Let's take Never this, kept ducks. Let's take this conversation <laughs> offline. Ben, <laughs> Pop G's book, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie's in all good bookstores and a few questionable ones as well. Thanks for coming Thank in, mate. You. Cheers. 
thank you for visiting Merrickville. Please sign the visitors book at Merrickville FM on Facebook or Twitter and tell us about your stay. We might have taken that metaphor too far.